Hello and welcome to Duelist Community Raw, episode 31. I am enjoying the shit out of our group chats. <laughs> I really am. Like it, it we cannot express enough how much fun and enjoyment we get out of those, but also how informative they are. Like that is where a lot of the processing happens that then you know, gets formulated into an insight on a classic episode or, you know, in a, uh, in a community topics or in any of it in, into a video, a TikTok or an Instagram, like it, it's all coming out of those conversations. And so to everyone on those Patreon group chats, I appreciate you a lot. Cause you're, you're as much the core of dualist unity as, as anything that we ever say. So just a big thank you. And I'd just like to say to our listener that I care about your existence in the same way that I care about my existence, because it is the same thing to me. But because of that, I will always try and give you the advice or the insights that have worked for me. Not just things that I've heard that sound good or make me feel good, but things that have actually led to the experience of being free from the idea of myself. But because it means so very much to me, what you think of me means so much less. It's so important to recognize that. I don't give a fuck if you like me. What I care about is whether or not what I'm saying to you is honest and effective and gives you the greatest chance to set yourself free. That is all I care about because I care about you in the same way I care about me. And I cannot simply sit here and stroke your ego and make you feel better when I know that that's only going to last for a short period of time before you end up back in suffering. So I would rather be a little harder to deal with so that way the strength that you get from dealing with me lasts and it lasts for the rest of your life. So you never have to go through it the hard way because you've done it. So with all of that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream that is Duelist Community Raw, episode 31. All right. Ugh. I feel like I have a little bit of a weed hangover <laughs> or something. I don't know if that's the thing. Maybe it's just because I ate a shitload of food and just like watched a movie for a while and didn't, didn't do much, but feeling good for sure. That's Excited awesome. To chat. I'm so. glad to hear about that. As I said earlier, I'm in a bit of a mood, and so I'm here we for it. might as well get into it. Um, I want to preface this raw episode by reminding everybody that it's raw, um, and that as much as I, I really do try to temper my responses to everyone from a note of empathy, as we discussed in the recent community topics episode about our personality tests, I lean a lot more towards the cutthroat. I lean way harder towards the using of one's will rather than being beaten down by reality and bitching about it. And the reason I'm like that is frankly, because that's all that worked. I tried to feel better about my life for a very long time. I tried to feel better about reality and my relationship with it and all of that for a very long time. And there is a process of doing that. 
and and whatnot but there's a point where you just have to stop being so fucking dramatic and i say this with love but stop blowing your fucking problems out of proportion just for the sake of feeling sorry for yourself and i'm saying this to myself Again, this is exactly how I talk to myself because it's so easy to take one's problems, one's complaints, one's little irritations, the hardships that you have, the, the relationships that aren't going well, the conversations that you dread and all of that and build it up like you are fighting the hordes of hell. You're facing the darkness. Oh my God, it's around me. It's so easy to do that shit. And the problem with it is you're just disempowering yourself for what? For what? To feel sorry for yourself? To build yourself a goddamn narrative so you can justify how defeated you feel? Get up. Get off your fucking knees. Get on your feet. Start walking. Quit bitching about it. I'm not saying this because I'm angry or frustrated or anything else. This is genuinely what I have to tell myself. Because you can sit there wallowing all day. And as much as you're wallowing in misery, it feels really fucking good. Let's be honest about it. It feels really fucking good to pity yourself. Poor you. But that's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to change anything. And it's not about being positive. It's not about telling yourself you can. It's about shutting the fuck up and moving forward. It really is. It's just about that. And it's so funny how that one expression really bugs us. It really bothers us when somebody looks at us and says, shut up. It's so offensive to our ego. Why? Because we want to be fucking heard. But for what reason? Sometimes because you have something genuinely, genuinely valid to say that you're trying to do something good. Sometimes it's just so you can get attention and continue to pity yourself. So occasionally, it's good to remind yourself to shut the fuck up and listen for the silence that you're never paying attention to. Because in that silence, you'll find the freedom that you want, but you can't think of yourself and be free. You can't feel sorry for yourself and move forward in freedom. You can't, you can't do that. And so to some degree, sure, empathize with yourself. It's been a hell of a long journey. Of course you feel all these things. And I agree with that. I've said it numerous times. On the other hand, get the fuck up. Amen. <laughs> I like where this is starting out. Um, yeah, I, I think it's something that kind of gets missed or overlooked a lot in these conversations as much as we are here being supportive of people and whatnot. Like there comes a point where you got to do it for yourself and you got to understand that you can't lean on other people and everyone's going through their own shit. Everyone's got their own shit to go through. Your shit isn't any harder than a lot of other people's. A lot of people are going through all sorts of different shit. And we oftentimes make it harder on ourselves because we're thinking about ourselves. Just because you're going through shit doesn't mean you have to think about yourself going through shit. You can go through shit without thinking about yourself. And in fact, thinking about yourself less as you go through shit will allow you to spend less time going through shit. Because People will listen to me and Ray talk and whatnot, and and sometimes people get these ideas that we don't go through shit. Like Ray saying, "Shut the fuck up," is and saying that he's talking to himself is him talking to himself. Like we both go through shit, 
all the time. And what we talk about is what works for us going through shit. Like, this isn't just us being like, I don't go through shit anymore. Shut the fuck up. You don't have to either. It's like, this is what we tell ourselves. Like when I get caught up having a tougher week at this point in my life, I'm like, I'm thinking about myself. I'm just thinking about myself a lot. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't have to. I I could, I could also not, I could also not think about myself so much. That is a fucking option that people don't want to look at because it's uncomfortable being told, shut the fuck up. You don't have to think about yourself so much. Stop thinking about yourself so much. Stop talking about yourself so much. Just chill for a sec. Take a deep breath. You know, go meditate. Do whatever you want to call it. Just sit and and watch those things. Stop expressing it to everyone all the time. You don't have to. That's not the process of of getting better. There there is an aspect of that that can help. Being open, being vulnerable, being honest about what you're going through, sharing your experience with other people. But it's to a point and there comes a point where it is no longer helpful. Like everything has sort of a a lifespan where you can be open, be vulnerable, be honest, be, you know, whatever, put all your emotions out there. But then there comes a point where it becomes a habit, <laughs> like with everything else. Our brain clings to habits and we think for a sec, it's like, okay, this made me feel a little bit better. Oh, this is what makes me feel better. Is what allows me to get better is being open and be, and sharing things. It's like, then it becomes a habit and then we're not doing it to let go of stuff. We're doing it because it's habitual. And so that has to be questioned as well. And so there comes a point where you just have to shut the fuck up. <laughs> just have to sit there and, and understand that you're getting so caught up in what the what the words are pointing to and not looking at what they're pointing to getting so caught up in, in what they mean or what they don't mean or what they might mean. And it's not about that. It's, uh, it's about letting go of the pointer and recognizing what it's pointing to understanding that that's not a pointer, but it is what it is. And sometimes you just got to stop thinking about yourself so much. And that's really what it comes down to. Like anytime I get caught up in my own shit, it's just like, I'm thinking about myself and I don't have to. And it's getting, it's getting quick for me. Like it's, it's interesting, but it really does come down to that as much as we're like, oh, it's gotta be more. It's gotta be more than that. Most of the time, it's just you're caught up in yourself. We don't experience nearly as much psychological suffering without bringing our idea of ourselves and what the thing means about us into every situation really is it. And if you disagree, like just try it, test it out. Think about yourself a little bit less for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. See how it goes. Check back in with us. It's hard to suffer a ton psychologically without being caught up in the idea of yourself. So if for nothing less, if for nothing else, it's it's at least worth a shot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is somebody else was expressing this in Discord, and they did so really eloquently. And I just want to throw them out a quick shout out. Jace, um, you were saying that it's so easy to get lost in the description of what you are and the thoughts of what you are. When you can just put that down, you can recognize that you're not actually ever doing anything except running in circles around what you already are. 
right? It's that silence where you get to actually experience it though. And that's the thing. Andrew said, just stop thinking about yourself for a little while, give it a try. And you're going to try. And then you're going to start thinking about yourself because it goes like this. Okay, I'm going to stop thinking about myself. Am I thinking about myself? Fuck. And that's exactly how quickly it fails. And so what do you do with that? Try again. And maybe you'll get an extra millisecond out of it. Try again. Maybe you'll get another, an extra two. Try again. Keep trying. You know, this is it. Just keep letting go. Keep relaxing. Ask yourself questions, as Jace was saying. Who am I trying to tell? Who am I trying to prove this to? Who is this really all about? Because you'll find often you're thinking about other people and your relationship to them. Often you're talking to be noticed, right? Or to validate yourself. And it can become addictive. And I know this. I know this very well. I said this early in season one uh, that one of my favorite expressions that somebody hit me with was heavenly minded, but no earthly good. And it's because the journey to self-awareness can actually become an addictive escape from self-awareness. You can actually get so caught up in the journey of how, how many insights I'm turning over and look how, look how smart I am and look how far I'm progressing and look how enlightened I'm becoming that you're still thinking about yourself. It's just taken on a different tone. You're just repainting the prison walls as Krishnamurti said. And so even the journey needs to be let go of. And that's, that's the trick is understanding that the journey is really the recognition that you are here now that there's nowhere to go, that there is no journey. But are you willing to let go, not of your idea of yourself, but the payoff of your idea of yourself? That's really what it's offering you. And a large payoff of the idea of yourself is how other people see it. And so I wanna make this one very clear because it was probably one of the most bitter pills I've had to swallow. And it's very true. And I say, and again, I say this with love and empathy. It just may not sound like that. Other people's attention won't solve your problem. I just need you to take that in. Other people's attention will not solve your problem. Doesn't matter if they love you, if they're there for you, they care for you, they're nurturing you, they encourage you, all that stuff. That's great. That's great. But if you get attached to it, now you're afraid of losing it and you've lost your balance again. What if those people leave? Are you, going, are you going to be back to the same problem? More than likely, because they're helping you, but you need to stand on your own. It's just like training wheels on a bike. While other people can help and sometimes carry the burden, they can also become a crutch. They can also make it harder for you to get up the momentum to develop strength because they're willing to help carry it for you. And at the end of the day, freedom and strength go hand in hand. So I'll say it one more time because it's important. Other people's attention won't solve your problem. It really does come from within. You can say, well, what about those who love me? If you don't love yourself, if you're still thinking about yourself and looking for some sense of completion, you're limiting how much those people can love you and you're limiting how much you can appreciate and align with that love and actually reflect it back. So it's not as simple as people just loving you. Their impact on you will always be limited by how much you need them. 
Amen. And on the flip side, other people's judgments don't create your problem. <laughs> like it goes both ways. And we always want to foist the responsibility of our experience and our what we're going through onto other people. And if there's anything that this you know, journey is about, it's about letting go of that because there are no <laughs> other people. As long as you're clinging to the idea that someone else is going to fix your problems or someone else is creating your problems, you're very much caught up in the perception of division. And obviously there's, you know, there's some steps to, I don't know, uh, maybe in between or the perception of some steps in between that letting go of, of that understanding and recognizing that it's all you anyway. And that's where the freedom truly lies. But as long as you're caught up in, in thinking that someone else is going to help you, someone else is going to save you, someone else is causing your suffering, someone else is not to say that people don't inflict pain on other people and, and violence. And there's some awfully traumatic things that do happen. But when it comes to the internal psychological suffering that we experience, that's on you, motherfucker. Like that is on you. No one else is going to fix those perceptions inside of yourself for you. And it can be a tough pill to swallow because we would rather voice that responsibility onto someone else. But someone responding to you and helping you for a while and then, you know, going away and, and you feel like, oh, like, is there something wrong with me? Like, what did I say? What did I do? It's like, you have no idea what that person was going through or, or and whatnot. And you relying upon them to feel a little bit better. You feel like your value was derived from you know, the relationship you were in and then they broke up with you and now your value is diminished or the person you were talking to for a while. Maybe it was a friend and then they went away. You know, they moved or they just, something happened and they stopped talking to you. Whatever it may be. Any experiences that you have internally, as much as that can obviously hurt to be ghosted or whatever, it's on you. It is not their fault. It is not their fault for the way that you feel inside because of that thing. And this is where, you know, radical accountability really comes in. Like no one else is responsible for you and no one else's actions have the power that they may seem to have over your internal perception. And there's a, there's a degree in the recognition of yourself as what is, you know, it, it's just you, you understand that any way that you feel, any way that you perceive things comes back to you, no matter whether it's feeling better, feeling worse, whatever the, the scenery looks like, it's more or less irrelevant to your internal experience. And, and that's when you can really start digging in to things and, and getting deeper into the recognition of unity is when you let go of the reliance upon the external to feel any sort of way, blaming it for feeling for you feeling worse or, or relying upon it in order to feel better. Like you got to be able to let go of both and you got to be willing to let go of what any situation means about you and, and the thoughts about yourself that you're constantly mulling over. Like 
you can stop. You can stop fucking thinking about yourself, thinking about what everything means about you. You can. Not saying it's going to feel super comfortable and great at first, but that's that's the first step is letting go of that and sitting in that and understanding that it's a possibility. And through that, you find a little bit more peace, a little bit more clarity in whatever you're going through. But don't have to keep thinking about yourself. My God, it really is that simple. It's the one thing that gets me over and over and over again is the fact that you can spend so much time trying to feel better, but it's not until you stop that you recognize what you're actually feeling without the narrative. And that is freedom. We're trying to feel better instead of feeling free, which has nothing to do with feeling better. It has to do with not being at the whim of every emotion and every thought we have. I wrote this in Discord the other day, you know, beware the urge to give voice to a thought that would have disappeared in a moment otherwise. And it's because we do. We have the thought, we focus on it, we give it attention, and then we voice it. And that gives it so much more energy, so much more attention. And no wonder it grows. Where the alternative would be, shut the fuck up. Let it pass. Don't grab onto it. Amanda put it perfectly. She's like, you know, just watch the bird go by. Don't grab onto it. It's like, exactly. You don't need to grab onto it. You can just let it go by. But we habitually grab onto it because we were taught to grab onto it. And it was a part of our development. Like I said, in Discover Transcendence. Building your idea of yourself is a necessary part of being a human being to a point, to a point. And then it becomes an unfortunate hindrance. And that is where we're at right now, to the point where we actually can't stop thinking about ourselves long enough to do anything with any degree of clarity. So clarity is really the practice. And you can't be lost in your narrative or your fiction of yourself and have clarity because it immediately creates a veil. Immediately. And you can actually start to tangibly, tangibly feel that veil. It's really interesting. Um, Andrew, you have a dog. I encourage you to, to, to try this when you're hanging with your dog, okay? Or rather, just try to notice this because uh, animals are super receptive to it super receptive to it. Um, notice the difference between when you're petting your dog, thinking about yourself, wondering like, you know, is the dog aware of how much I love it and so on and so forth, versus when you're just actively like petting your dog and not thinking about yourself whatsoever. You'll get a totally different response from your pet because there is a totally different resonance to where you are. It's the same thing in a conversation. When you're thinking about yourself, it's like there's this weird gap between you and the person you're talking to it almost sounds like what they're saying is muffled because it's it's being drowned out by the shit in your head while they're talking so you're just waiting for your turn hoping that you've got the right thing to say that's going to get the right response rather than actually aligning with what they're saying and being in the conversation and it's just that switch that you've started thinking about yourself that you started doubting yourself, you started wondering, how am I doing? Is this person like me? Am I going to get ahead? Am I going to get what I want out of this? What's going to happen later? Like all of it's just inner narrative. And while it's all important stuff, see, that's the thing. Here's the whole point. That's your brain processing like the supercomputer that it is. You don't need to be involved in that. 
that's just your brain processing the information that it is absorbing in the reality that you are a part of. But you get in there like, I need to look at each and every one of these thoughts as it's being processed and you, and you mess up the whole thing. Whereas you could just be present and a result of the process because that's what you are, process, ongoing. Your entire life, every moment leads to this moment and this moment and this moment and this moment. And each and every time you're changing and processing and each and every time becoming a different you. But you can't do that and process and grow, if you want to use a different word, if you're holding on to a past you. And what's worse, you can't do that if you're holding on to an idea of you that was never you. Yeah, because that that process is always happening. And we like to think that it isn't like we like to think that we have to be doing it. And thinking that we have to be doing it is actually hindering the processing from happening. Unless we think about ourselves, the more it's able to happen more efficiently. And even going beyond that, you know, in conversation, because a lot of times, and that that was a struggle for me for a while um, when I was just very concerned with perception of others, is I was always thinking about their perception as I was in a conversation with them and, and thinking about what it meant about me, where it was going, how the conversation was going. And as I let go of that, the conversations got so much better. And even further now, it's almost like rather than getting so caught up in the idea of yourself, thinking about what you're going to say next and, and listening to it, you're seeing their voice as your voice. And you're seeing them equally as expressing reality, expressing intelligence as the next thing you're going to say. And so when we're caught up in that, again, caught up in fearing the perception of others or thinking about what other people think about you is super fucking egotistical. It's super fucking egotistical. People don't obviously don't like that. They say I'm victim blaming and victim shaming and whatnot, but it is you're caught up in the idea of yourself and what it means about you. As you let go of that, as you let go of the concern, you see every interaction as just you interacting with yourself. And there isn't like this, this hierarchy, like, if something something Ray says, something I say, it's not like, oh, I said, I said this part. I don't even remember most of the shit that I say on these on these live streams or on a podcast episode or anything. Cause I'm not, I don't know. It's like it's there's not so much attachment to it. It's just something that's happening. And so when you're in a conversation with someone else or you're talking to other people, and this actually reminds me of uh a video I saw yesterday. It was an interview with Rick Rubin. Uh, I don't really know his backstory super well, but he's like a pretty famous music producer um, but behind a lot of songs. And he said a uh, a thing that's helped him a lot with collaboration and creativity is just letting go of how involved he is or like him being the one to to have the idea and it being his idea. It's like whenever and let's go of their their desire for their idea to be the thing that's that's eventually taken all the way or whatever say you have 10 people collaborating whenever and has let go of their ideas being you know the thing that's used there's so much it's so much easier to figure it out like come to a conclusion come to come to a consensus or the best case outcome because if everyone's caught up in the idea of themselves and and having this this thought of oh i need my idea like this is my idea. I need that to be to be used. 
it's like there's there's all of these walls and everyone's kind of working in silo as opposed to the walls being broken down and all just like using all of their collective intelligence and and power and uh it's because they've let go of of their idea of themselves being the thing that has the has the idea and that's really what all of this comes down to is just not thinking about yourself quite so much and understanding there's so many kind of layers to this but understanding that your value doesn't waver you're not so concerned with saying the most intelligent thing or or being seen in a certain way it's just you're already intelligence you're not intelligent and and that shift from understanding that you are intelligence being expressed there isn't so much concern for being perceived as intelligent because just because someone perceives you as intelligent or doesn't they're they're caught up in in themselves and and kind of ranking you relative to their perception of other people their perception of themselves but as you let go of that you understand that you are just intelligence being expressed in each and every moment there isn't so much desire to be seen in a certain way or or fear of being seen in another way and then not so caught up in your idea of yourself but you have to let go of your uh, the fiction of your value wavering like no matter what happens it doesn't and then there's less concern for it and then you're just acting and you're just being reality expressing reality and the fiction of you isn't at the forefront anymore it's just the experience that you're having which is what it comes down to like that's what we're pointing to in all of these things it's not about as much as it's about the conversation, it's about the mentality that's embodied throughout the conversation. It's not about the words. It's not about the definitions. It's not about what they mean. It's not about going in circles over and over trying to say like, this this is this, but it doesn't mean that. And therefore it isn't it. It's like, all right, cool. Move on now. Like the description is not the described. The words are not the reality of what they're pointing to, but they're pointing to something. And when you let go of your desire to be seen in a certain way or the words meaning something specific, you can actually understand what they're pointing to. But until then, you can't even understand what they're pointing to because you're so caught up in the descriptions and the words. Well said. Well said. I had a closing thought as I was going to sleep last night. And... uh it's funny because I was like, I'm probably not going to remember this. And I totally did as you were speaking, because it's very applicable to this in terms of focusing on, on the idea of yourself and the words and, and separate and separating yourself from who you would be otherwise, separating yourself from a state of mind where you can connect with others, where you can collaborate because you're no longer as divided. And so it's always interesting to me because as we've talked about, the etymology of sin is very much to miss the point or to miss the mark. So it's hilarious to me that the sin is the sinner. It's the idea of yourself that separates you from God. So the sin is actually the sinner itself. So every Christian, every religious person out there who's like, oh, I'm a sinner. Well done. Fuck, I gotta write that down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's it. Like, that's a fundamental illusion that's missing the whole thing. And and they're born into it too. 
any sort of believer is a sinner from birth. It's like, exactly. Caught up in the illusion from birth, missing the mark from birth. Original sin, perception of self. Original sin, the illusion of you existing as something separate from reality. Like, they're kind of spot on as much as they're missing all of it. They're spot on in that. That is fucking wild. Oh, man. There's a lot there. <laughs> I thought so, too. I was pretty stoked about it as I'm passing, as I was going to sleep. I'm like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense because it wouldn't even, it's not even just that the sin is the sinner. It's also the saint. Any idea of yourself. So any of that religious imagery really just gets in the way, whereas the saint is the absence of a saint. It's the absence of self. That's why people are, are considered to be saints because they're always thinking about others or rather they're always in service to quote unquote others, but they don't perceive it that way. They don't perceive the others. And so because of that, there is no sinner. So that that's what makes them saints. Because I think people forget too that saints weren't saints when they were alive. They were proclaimed saints after they died. And that just perpetuates the illusion. Again, it's like you got to live up to this person. Same with the Jesus story. Like you can't be Jesus, but Jesus was Jesus. And therefore you're just a sinner. And like the recognitions that he had were not are not how they're portrayed now because they're portrayed through the ego, through the perception of division taken as truth. Same thing with saints. When they were living, you know. Saint Francis or Mother Teresa, is she a saint? She's she's got to be a... I, I think, think so. possibly. I think there was quite the debate, but I think they may have finally just done it. I'm not entirely okay. sure. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They're like men only allowed to be saints or something. I don't even know what the rules are with them. They have some crazy ass rules. But I guess uh... it depends on how many men are deciding. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God. But uh, yeah, because while they were alive, they weren't saints. They were people who recognized that basically like whether they, how deeply they saw it or not, they weren't thinking about themselves through their actions and all of their actions and stories about them are very telling of how little they were thinking about themselves. Because when you're not caught up in your idea of yourself, holy shit, the world opens up. Holy shit. Things change. And, and everything that you were doing doesn't seem as important or necessary or all the things that you were so caught up in needing to do. You don't, you understand that you don't have to anymore. And then there's energy to do all sorts of things because you're good. You're good. And so now it's like, all right, what can I do? doesn't mean that you always have to be, you know, in service to other people all the time, but there's, it's almost like, you you can spend some time doing stuff you like doing, but because you're not so caught up in the things you feel like you need to do to build the idea, is there's just so much more energy and time. It's like, might as well do this. Might as well do that. Might as well do this. Oh, that person seems to be suffering. Let's go chat with them. Whatever. Like, that's possible, but it's a lot harder to recognize and do when you're caught up in the idea of yourself because that's always going to be at the forefront of your reality. It's always going to be at the forefront. So if that's not good, if you're caught up in it, and by good, I mean 
let go of, not taken so seriously, not thought about all the fucking time because you don't have to. You don't have to. And when it isn't, there's energy. There's so much more energy to do so many other things with your life. But until then, you got to get that to to feel better. And you can't get it to get better because getting better is letting go of it. It's so funny. And yet not depending on your perspective, I guess. Um, nobody can save you from yourself. No one can save you from the mess that you cause for yourself inside your own awareness. Nobody can save you from your urge to continue to try and build up your value. Because that's the illusion. We were saying this the other day, and I found it really quite funny that it's like we have this assumption that if we aren't actively measuring our value, it does not exist. That's so mind-bogglingly stupid. And yet it makes sense from a certain point of view, from the brain trying to build up an idea of yourself. But think about what that means. It would kind of be like the car doesn't move unless you're constantly watching the gas or you're constantly watching the speedometer. You have to be watching. It doesn't move otherwise. Sounds kind of dumb, right? That's kind of the point. You don't need to be constantly thinking about your value in order for you to have value. In fact, and here's kind of the kicker, thinking about whether or not you have value actually makes it more difficult for you to put more, time, more time and attention into what you're doing, which would reveal your value. And so because you're so lost in yourself, you can't reveal what you are. And so you're looking for evidence of what you are, but it's not there because you haven't given yourself the chance to express it because you're still lost in this idea of yourself which is always going to be a smaller, limited version of what you actually are. It's just about getting out of the way, but nobody can save you from that. It's really important to recognize this because most of our culture misses this. Even a large, a large amount of therapists miss this. They're always trying to help you come to a more positive idea of yourself to change your attitude towards things. It's like, right, or... Here's just a thought. Stop projecting what you think reality should be into each and every moment and allow yourself to actually experience what reality is without your constant narration. That's it. You do it all the time when you go swimming. It's not like you jump into the water and start trying to tell the water how it should be working. You let go and you drift into the water. And in that, you're able to feel the water and you're able to feel the currents and you're able to actually use some force and use your body and all of that, but only because you're aligning with the environment itself. Without that alignment, you're just splashing around. Exactly. Reality shouldn't be anything. And I think that's kind of a kind of a bitch to understand. We we think. We always think it should be something. We're, we're feeling a certain way. It should be this. should be that. I should be feeling this way. Oh, it's about being happy. I should be happy now. And I'm not. Reality shouldn't be anything. Like when you understand that, like it should never be anything other than what it is. It just is what it is here now. And letting go of that desire, that, that thought that it should be something else, that you should be something else is what it comes down to is the letting go of the judgment, thinking it should be different. Like that's what allows 
you to see things clearly and actually be reality because it can't be anything else. But as we're caught up in our idea of ourselves, it makes it a lot more significantly more difficult to uh, to understand that. And thinking about the idea of ourselves, like we spend so much time throughout the day or, or we can spend so much time. And this is alluding to what you were pointing to there is is we spend so much time thinking about ourselves and and what everything means about us and judging ourselves and like, you know, days are made up, I understand, but say 24 hours in a day, you spend five of those hours thinking about what the other, well, you sleep for, say you sleep for eight, the other 11 hours mean about you. That's five hours you could be doing shit. Like you just don't have to think about what things mean about you and how much you get it. How much you quote unquote get it because that's what's that's something we spend a lot of time doing as well in these conversations, you know, and we see it in uh in Discord sometimes. People will go back and forth, kind of questioning each other, which is great, but there comes a point where there's so much discussion, it's like pointing out, like, oh, it's not that, oh, it's not that. It's like what you're really doing there is trying to prove to everyone how much you get it. And that's taking time out of the rest of your day that you could be spending getting it. Actually getting it. I'm not saying that you know everything just is. Everything is reality. You're being reality no matter what you're doing, even when you're trying to explain how much you get reality. But how is that impacting your experience? And that comes down to you. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it by any means, but it's it's tied into the suffering you're experiencing. Your desire to be seen in a certain way as someone who gets it to a certain degree is tying into your perception of yourself, how you're seeing yourself, how you're judging yourself. Oh, do I get it as much today? It's like you are it. There's nothing to get. There's nothing to get. Let go of your desire to be seen in a certain way as someone who gets it. You can actually get it. You can actually be it. And then you won't suffer so much. That that desire to be seen in a certain way is tied into the suffering that you're experiencing. There's nothing to prove. There's no one to prove it to ever. And, And trying to prove it to other people is actively showing how little you're getting it, how little you're getting it through judging yourself relative to everyone else and trying to prove something to no one. There's no one to prove anything to. So what you're saying, Andrew, is that there's nothing to get. Okay, I got it. I need to tell others. It's like, hold on, chew on it. Like, don't just go, right, there's nothing to get. That's easy enough. Now I've learned this philosophy because that's honestly, that's, that's the temptation is to go like, I get it. Question everything, question everything. I'm going to question questioning. And it's like, sit with it. Sit with it. It's not a new toy. I mean, sit with it, feel it out, experiment with it. Don't just reach for it and go, oh, now I know I can go and tell everyone you're not doing yourself any service. You're really not like, you're just, you're trying to shortcut your way to feeling important and enlightened instead of being free. And there is very much a difference. 
there was a question here in the comment section and i just realized we're 40 minutes into this raw and we haven't yet addressed everybody who's watching hi everyone we really appreciate you being here participating supporting obviously if you're on youtube thank you so much for subscribing if you're on twitch thank you so much for your support we really appreciate you being there um i wanted to say in response to a question here i wonder how much the constant stream of distractions and enter and entertainment hinder us from letting go or at least sitting with ourselves and this is a great question because I often hear this in terms of like, oh, yeah, it's easy to say, how can we do that with so much around us, you know, pulling us away from the moment and so on and so forth. I'm going to let you know right now, I'm not the least bit distracted by the shit around me. And it's because it's all trying to get the attention of my ego. It's all applicable to my identity. It's all applicable to my sense of, my, uh, of myself. All the advertisements, all the commercials, all the market, marketing, all that stuff, and trying to tell you you need this to be better, you need this to make your house or to make your life easier, you need this because what's in, what's her name has this and you don't, and so on and so forth. Like all of that shit means nothing. It means nothing. It's not even tempting anymore. It's laughable in the extreme. It's a constant source of humor for me, if I'm going to be honest about it, when I see these advertisements that are trying so very hard to convince you that you're not enough. It's laughable. So while it's always tempting to go, well, the system's making this harder, largely that's often just a, an escape from responsibility. I mean, while it might be true that the system is certainly dangling little baubles in front of you, it's really up to you whether or not those baubles are important. It really is. So as with everything, how much of your power are you giving away? in handing it to a system that is really just you. Yeah, and, and once you stop trying to foist the responsibility onto the system saying it's everyone else's fault but mine, like there's a, you see it as an opportunity almost to uh, to practice what you preach, <laughs> to practice what you're recognizing, because um, that's where the work's really done is in the day-to-day experiences when there is something telling you, you know, that you need it or that your value uh your value has just been raised a ton because you got this it's like it's great you can enjoy and appreciate that but just don't take it too seriously don't think it means too much about yourself because that motherfucker is a double-edged sword and as you get super high on things thinking that oh this means so much about me this is uh, now i'm valuable like as soon as that's taken away as soon as it feels a little bit less like you're like oh shit now i'm less valuable and then you fucking spiral into the ground but you can start to see the uh you know distractions as opportunities to to practice that and over time it sort of just all blends together into like a background hum it's like i know my value doesn't waver all of these things are telling me either my value can go up if I get this or it can go down if I don't get this. And that's pretty much as Ray said, like that's what it kind of comes down to. All of those distractions are value's going to be higher if you get this. It's going to be lower if you don't. It's like, yeah, but my value doesn't waver. That's an illusion because you're caught up in thinking that the perception of division is true. But I'm God. I'm it. I am reality wandering around. There's nothing to judge. Something to 
prove. There's nothing to confirm. There's nothing to validate. There's nothing to improve ever. And understanding that, if you can understand that, the distractions are just like, yeah, all right. And sometimes you get caught up in them. I'm not saying that I certainly don't. I get caught up in them all the time. And then, you know, eventually I recognize, oh, this is actually causing me a lot of distortion. And it's it's very much reinforcing the illusion right now. And there's there's an experience beyond that, you know, beyond, not really beyond, but just on the other side of that illusion that we just really haven't explored very much. There, there's a way to live and potential in there, in, in that state of freedom that we're just as a society not familiar with. We just don't really know what that's like because we haven't experienced it very much. People get glimpses here and there. Everyone gets a glimpse here and there, but to sit in it and actually explore it, be like, oh, there is stuff here and get deeper into it. Those distractions just kind of fall by the wayside. It's like, yeah, I, I could, I could do that, or I could be free. I could go back into that prison, or I could not. <laughs> I could think about myself and what it means about me right now, or I could not. I don't have to. No one's forcing you to ever. No one is ever forcing you to think about yourself. That's on you. Yeah, but that all said, I recognize how difficult how difficult it can be to break a habit like any other habit and certainty or familiarity is addictive. So your idea of yourself is an addiction and you have to treat it that way. You actually have to look at it that way and you have to start dealing with it as such. And I don't mean you need a 12 step program, but if you do look into the 12 step program, you'll recognize that it's pretty much a pathway out of your ego, or at least it was before Christianity Shanghai it. So the whole point, and I re recognize that probably wasn't a very culturally sensitive word. I apologize. I'm old. I grew up with the word meaning, I don't know, robbing something. Anyway, the point being is that despite how difficult it can be to, to kick this addiction, if you look at it as an addiction, if you look at it as something that is constantly trying to pop up habitually, then you can start to develop ways to counteract it. And what I mean is being present focusing on being present. For me, that was learning Wing Chun. That was ultimately what helped me embody a lot of the lessons that I'm talking about here, because in Wing Chun, I had to relax while being in an environment which was potentially dangerous. And so it was an interesting blend of, of relaxing and paying attention while at the same time being under pressure. So that worked for me. Uh, some people, it's Tai Chi. Tai Chi. Some people, uh, it's slacklining. Like whatever brings you out of your head into the moment. It could be crochet. It could be pretty much anything that requires you to pay attention to what you're doing rather than what you think about yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to think about yourself while you're doing it. It's going to pop up from time to time, but that's the practice. How much? Where are the scales in terms of your experience there? Are you mostly on the side thinking about yourself and somewhat on the side doing something? Or are you mostly on the side doing and less on the side thinking about yourself? Because you're going to notice that's the variant or that's the variation in, in the efficacy that you have in your reality, is how much you're thinking about yourself in anything that you do. In anything that you do, it does not matter what it is. If you're thinking about yourself more than you're in what you're doing, it generally goes badly.
Yeah, and uh, there's there's all different sorts of ways to allow yourself to to work through that. Ray mentioned a few, but even just you know walking, I think that's really the benefit of of meditating. And people get caught up in the whole like, oh, it changes your brain chemistry. You know, you improve yourself <laughs> through meditating, which is a fucking bitch of a desire. You know, through meditating, I am a better person. It's like, no, the the benefit of it is you let go of yourself. All that you allow yourself to sit in a spot and allow those perceptions to be let go of, or at least you give them the opportunity to let go of them. For me, like a lot of times it'll be just walking my dog and I'll go without anything in my ears. And there's there's no escaping the shit that I'm going through. And usually like I'm walking, going through stuff, thinking about stuff. Oh shit. I gotta, I gotta get back to this. When I get back, I gotta do this. I need to whatever. And, and then it's like, or I could stop or I could stop thinking about it. Or I could stop thinking about what this upcoming thing means about me. And that's usually the point that I get to, Oh, I'm thinking about myself a lot. And then I get back. And I do the things that I was thinking about doing, but from a totally different mentality. And so we have all, as we were talking about the uh, the distractions in our society, it, it's all distracting us from being willing to sit in that discomfort, in that, in that silence that uh, all of those perceptions and judgments and thoughts about ourselves arise within, like we are actively able to avoid it through all different sorts of things, be it TV, movies, entertainment, sports, alcohol, anything allows us to avoid that, that state that you're able to actually work through stuff and be where you're at and let go of that idea of yourself. Because in all those distractions, it's like maybe you're not thinking about yourself so much when you're really caught up in a movie. but it's like it's almost like there's a it's a it's a cup and when the cup is empty you're able to those things are able to arise within it and when it's when you're doing something that's distracting it's like the cup's getting filled with something else which allows you to avoid those things that are there when you're not so caught up in being entertained or being distracted. And so although you may be super caught up in something like a movie, as I said, or, or a sporting event or whatever, that's what's filling that cup. And so you can't work on or, or let go of or recognize all the shit that is going on. It's like they're still there. Or maybe it's like the cup is both cups are filled with water. The distractions are like drops, you know, food coloring that goes into it. And so it's still there, but you're just able to avoid it, able to numb it, able to quiet it, as opposed to when there isn't any food coloring getting dropped in. That's all you got. It's like you you almost have no choice but to work through it. And even with we started this out, the the conversation of of going through talking about things and uh and going through the uh thoughts about what 
all this means, you know, the, the cerebral sort of philosophical discussions, that's another drop. That's another drop in the water that allows you to avoid sitting in that discomfort. It's a way to actually avoid the initial discomfort of having to sit in that space of not being so distracted and, and all of those judgments and perceptions that you're always trying to avoid through all different sorts of things. So you have to be willing to let go of all of those, not judge what any of it means, but allow those, you know, perceptions to arise and then let go, be let go of. But until you allow them to arise, you're not going to be able to let go of them. And they're always going to be dictating what you do. It's like the, the subconscious. It's like if you're not being attentive to it, it's being built in the background and then dictating all the things that you're doing throughout the day. You have to sit with it, be aware of it here now without judgment, without thoughts about what all of it means, especially what it means about you. And then you can actually work through those things, but it's got to be through that state of sitting in it be it meditating or walking or Wing Chun or anything where you're not, where you're in the experience, not distracted by music or a podcast or, you know, background TV noises, anything. And that's where they, they can arise, which is not comfortable at first, but that's where the work is done. And that's how you actually get better. Yeah, it is because it's not where you're running from anything that's happening you're just allowing yourself to see it without judgment you're allowing yourself to witness it without getting involved with it it changes in terms of how much energy you're wasting right and this is something that we were discussing um actually pretty frequently in the last few weeks on our patreon page and just a quick mention to everybody if you haven't joined us on patreon yet definitely consider doing so it's by far the uh the biggest gem in terms of what we offer on dualistic unity for $5 a month, you get to talk to us twice per week for three hours. There's two hour and a half groups in a week um, for $25 a month. You get to talk to us five days per week. And so in these groups, we can answer questions. We can go back and forth. We can talk to people based on where they are in their journey. And we've been very much talking about the ego in terms of this common perception in spirituality that it has to be transcended it has to be let go of it has to be killed we have to get rid of the ego because it's the source of all our pain and misery and suffering and, and all this stuff and in the groups we've been talking about the fact that it really isn't something that you can in fact let go of because it is the product of your very real brain and so it's really just a matter of letting go of attachment to it letting go of attachment to the fact to its determined voice that it has value and reflects truth because that is often what it, the ego is saying is like, no, no, I'm accurate. You can trust me. Father of lies. Remember? And that's the whole point is that it can't ever be accurate, but you need to see that in order to stop paying attention to it. And so this is why we always encourage people to, push beyond their boundaries, to go and do something that they've been telling themselves they can't do to watch how much they actually could do, because that is evidence that your brain doesn't know. But you can only really get that once you allow yourself to see that. And that's why this is so important to watch your ego as it goes by, to learn what it's doing and why it's doing it rather than getting involved with it and trying to escape it because that's not going to help you it'll help you until something pushes a trigger 
And then your ego comes right back to the surface trying to protect you from a danger that only exists because of that habitual ego. And if you're not used to that coming up, if you're not prepared for how that works, it's just going to bowl you over and you're going to be right back at square one. Yeah, and, and with the discussion of the ego, because people, some people think of it in, in different ways. When we refer to it, it's just the idea of yourself. And once people understand that, that, that the idea of themselves is built by their opinions, their judgments, their just your thoughts about yourself, like what you think about yourself is your ego. And what you think about yourself is never the reality of what you are. It's never the truth. And what you think about yourself isn't what someone else thinks about you. There is no objective idea of you. It's always different for everyone. Just like your idea of them is going to be different, completely different. And so it's, it's picking at those judgments as they come up like we we like to personify the ego and like make it into this whole thing and that's why people get caught up in trying to kill their ego and whatnot but the whole time it's just your idea of yourself and and the idea that you have to be doing something other than what you're doing even the idea that you shouldn't have an ego is very egotistical like that keeps you in the trap of it the idea that that you shouldn't be going through the thing that you're going through. It's just the the idea that you should be in a different spot than you're in. And that's really what our judgments and, and ideas of ourself comes down to. You know, I should be different than I am. Shouldn't. There is no should. There is no thing that you should be doing or experiencing other than, one, other than what you're doing and experiencing. And so as those opinions come up and People don't like this one either, but even with opinions, I deal with this with this too. And like, yeah, I guess just opinions, preferences, ideas, not to say that there's anything wrong with them, but as you take them as truth, that's the idea of yourself. I am someone who likes this. I am someone who doesn't like this. I am someone who prefers this. I am someone who doesn't prefer this. Even with having favorites we've talked about this before like having favorites is very much holding on to the idea of yourself nothing wrong with having favorites but if you're very sure of those things if you're clinging to them very tightly like that's another aspect of the idea of yourself like i am someone who has this favorite thing like you don't have to but i've even i've even heard people say that you should have opinions about, about everything going on, about everything. What's your opinion on this? What's your opinion on that? Like, fuck that noise. You don't have to have an opinion. You can have one with, with while recognizing that it doesn't mean anything about you. As we get so caught up in our opinions and the need to be right and the need to be seen in a certain way and the need to prove your opinion, that's... That's the idea of you. I believe this should be this way. It's like, you don't know everything. You don't know everything about that situation. Even if you're deemed an expert by our society, there is still a ton that you don't know. So sure, have, have a thought about it. Have an opinion for sure. But if you believe that that is objective truth, you're fucked. 
you're fucked and you're super fucking annoying because then you think your opinion is objective truth and then it, it's not. Your idea of what's good and bad is not the reality of what's good and bad. You can understand that. You'll be able to ride the flow of reality so much better. Like our, our opinions, our judgments, our preferences are the things that take us out of the flow of what is. They aren't necessary. You don't have to have opinions about everything. If someone asks you about something, you can give your two cents. You can give your thoughts about it for sure. But if you are clinging to them, believing that they're the truth, oh, this is the way it is. And then you start getting in an argument, trying to prove it to someone else. Like neither of you know, neither of you know, <laughs> you don't. And it's okay. It is okay to not know. You don't have to have an opinion, thoughts, judgments about every little fucking thing that happens. The less that you have, the more you can be in that flow of reality and learn from every experience that you have. Because if you're clinging to them, it's taking you out of the experience. You're not able to learn as much as you could as long as you're holding on to those beliefs about the way you think things are, or the way you think things should be. You're actively cutting yourself off from what's going to allow you to learn more about it. But in that, you have to let go of that certainty, let go of that false certainty relax into the fact that you don't know, then you can start to find out a little bit more. And it's interesting because creative types, artists and whatnot know this very well. It, it, we refer to it as the wall or a block where all of a sudden we can't express, we can't write, we can't do music, we can't do art, we can't do anything in terms of our, our form of expression or, or um, our form of art because there's this block and that block is us thinking about ourselves. Always writer's block is terrible for this because you keep thinking like, ah, it's not very good instead of just typing it down. Right. Because that's when the block goes away is when you're like, who cares if it's shit and you just keep writing and all of a sudden that shit becomes something better and something better and something better. And because you're giving yourself the chance to get it out. But as long as you've got that thought in your head of, ah, I don't like that. That doesn't sound right. That you'll never get past the first sentence. You'll never get that person, that first brush stroke down. You'll never get that first note played. Right? And it's because you're thinking about yourself. So it really is just a matter of understanding your brain's going to do that. It really is understanding your brain is going to do that and it doesn't fucking matter. That helps a lot. How many times have, well, and I know this from my own experience, but you may have experienced this as well. You're going for dinner with somebody and they take forever to decide where they want to eat, first of all. And then you get there and they take forever to decide what they're going to eat. And then they get their meal and they complain about the way it was made or they nitpick about one thing about it that wasn't done properly. And meanwhile, you don't care where you go to eat. You don't care what you eat and you enjoy the shit out of your meal. What's the difference? The nitpicking. The expectation, the idea that what I prefer is what's going to be best. Because then you're always trying to look to make sure it matches your preferences or it's not going to be as good. And so you never allow anything to actually be what it is. And you never allow yourself the space to make the most of it. Because you're too busy trying to make it live up to certain requirements. So it diminishes everything. It really does. And that's why I think I wanted to start this episode with the simple matter of fact point. Shut the fuck up. And it's simply because we don't tell ourselves that enough. We find it offensive, even if we're saying it to ourselves, which is weird, right? And it's just because we always think of it in terms of how somebody else would say it to us. But 
to yourself, or rather not even to yourself, to your brain or your habit of taking your brain seriously. Tell that to shut the fuck up, if that helps. Because that's really all it is. It's this ongoing temptation to think, to just keep dwelling on your thoughts like it's going to get you somewhere other than the reality that you're already in. When all it does is remove you from that reality and limit your ability to make the most of that reality over and over and over again in layers upon layers upon layers. This is, as Andrew said in his recent video, the single biggest problem that we deal with as a species is this idea of ourself. Because while it's true that there are human traffickers, while it's true that there are murderers and rapists and bankers, because somehow they go in the same group to me, while that's all true, all of that exists because of our fixation on our ego. All of that exists because of our fixation on the perception of division that creates monsters over time. The only way to get rid of those monsters is to get rid of the environment that braids them. And that environment is us. We are that environment as long as we're focused on creating and bringing that environment into the world. And that environment is our identity. If you wonder why the world's so fucked up, it's because we've made it the embodiment of our ego. Which is not that important. Your ego, as much as it thinks that it is, isn't. And as much as you can recognize that you're everything, you are not that important. Like We think that everything we go through, we have to express our opinion of it, our, our perception of it, have a judgment about it. It's like, you're not that fucking important. Like, it can be a tough pill to swallow, but you're not. Like, you don't have to share everything about everything that you're doing. Like, you can just, sorry, <laughs> shut the fuck up, sit for a little bit, like sit in a quiet room and let go of that shit yourself. Work through that shit. Like, that's where the work actually happens is in that. It's not through expressing your qualms with reality or how difficult things are. It's like, that's great. People are there to offer support, guidance, whatever, but they're not going to do it for you. They're not. And and your desire for them too doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, it's got, it's on you. It's always on you. And through that process of recognizing that you're not that important, being the idea of you, the ego, the, the thing that's causing all the distortion and suffering that you're going through, you recognize that you can let that go. And then you see yourself in everything. You start to see yourself in everything, but not the idea of you. And as long as you're so caught up in needing to express every little thing, every little issue that you have with reality and every little thing that you're strugg struggling with and suffering through, cutting yourself off from that recognition, you're getting further and further and further and further from that recognition because you're giving into that opinion, giving into that preference, giving into that perception and taking it as truth. 
you're very caught up in taking that opinion that you have about the way that things are going, even if it's just the way things are going in your specific little life, when you're caught up in that, that's where the opinion arises. That cuts you off from recognizing the depth of this is that perception of, of yourself and your own life. And as long as you're caught up in that, it's going to hinder you from tapping back into that flow, going, moving beyond the cerebral, intellectual back and forth and actually being reality because being reality doesn't have objective opinions, doesn't have perceptions and judgments. There is no objective right or wrong. Reality shouldn't be anything. It just is reality, which isn't words. That's okay to recognize and, and move past. But give yourself some time to recognize it. And this is why uh, somebody here in the chat actually said it perfectly. I've been having to do four-hour road trips, and I try to do them mostly media-free and just exist. The first hour is rough. And it's because it's in that first hour that you're really spinning through the habit of thinking about yourself, right? And so the less distracted you are, the more all of a sudden your, your intelligence, your awareness is actually cycling it through. It's actually processing it and then it's gone. But how often do we get in the way of that process by dwelling on it and thinking about it and trying to get involved with it and doing all that when we could just let it pass? And then surprisingly, it does. This is what meditation's for. This is why a lot of people benefit from meditation. Just sitting down and shutting the fuck up, as it were, not getting involved with every thought as it goes through your head, allows those thoughts to process. And then at the end of it, you feel so much better. Well, why? Well, because you created a bottleneck. You've been creating the bottleneck and thinking about yourself deliberately rather than just letting your brain do its thing. So give yourself some time. I used to go for walks. That was my thing. I would go for a walk until there was finally that silence. And it would take some time. And it wasn't always a fun experience, kind of bitter, like, fine, fuck. I'll stop thinking about that. That's not doing anything for me. It's ruining my walk, blah, 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 blah. Eventually you just stop complaining and it's gone. And you're sitting in reality. And that's where you have a chance to actually experience life. And in that, a whole new way of being, but you need to give yourself time in that too, because it's like entering a new world. Um, there was another question here I wanted to address, to address quickly, because it won't take long. Is there a difference between conceptually understanding non-duality and feeling it. And I would say yes. And the difference is the same as the difference between believing in God and experiencing God. The difference is you. The difference is you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If if you <laughs> it's so funny because if you see yourself as someone who practices non-duality or who recognizes non-duality, you're not. <laughs> you're not. Like, you're just straight up not like you think, yeah, I can talk about it. I can talk about it. Like, oh, yeah, but I understand that it's an illusion, but I am a non-dual thinker. Like, fuck that. It does. You're not. <laughs> you're, you're either it or you're not. And if you think of yourself as a, a non-dual recognizer, you're not because it's that identity. It's that idea of yourself as being something that's true that gets in the way. Always, it always comes back to you. And that's why I think people, I don't know, I've, I've seen a few people recently who have come to deeper recognitions about maybe they're not what they think they are. And they get so uncomfortable 
that they almost run back to believing in God, which is fascinating to me. It's like, holy shit, you recognize some of your infiniteness and you ran back to being super fucking limited because it made you a lot more comfortable. Like, I know I'm, I don't know. Sometimes I, I appreciate Ray that Ray reigns me in sometimes because sometimes like I I I am harsh similarly to Ray like I, I I'm harsh with myself and that I don't let myself get away with stuff and I'm willing to more and more sit in the discomfort a bit but I don't let myself run back to to certain things as as quickly or as easily so I forget why people do it so often <laughs> like they're people have a good reason to it's super fucking uncomfortable at first but people don't let themselves get used to it it's like there's so much there there's so much to explore you're running back to believing in a fictitious god like jesus fucking christ that is so brutal so brutal that you're so you're in it for a bit and you just i don't know couldn't handle it and so you went back to believing in a some made up bullshit. Like, come on, ah. See, and I'll I'll remind you that as as easy it is as it is to say that in terms of the concept of God, the fact is is that there's really no difference between people holding on to the concept of God or you, Andrew, holding on to the concept of Ray. There's no difference it really comes down to the same reality that's damned uncomfortable. It comes down to just you. So while it's very easy to judge, it's also really important to recognize it's a lot. It's a lot. And so we filter that and we, we try to limit that to some degree. I think just because I think the depth of it is so much that we almost have to do it together like as we're individually shedding layers we are also collectively shedding layers and i think that's giving us more of a strength to go deeper and deeper into this realization right so there's a process for sure but try and keep that in mind when you're talking to people letting go of god are you ready to let go of everyone again appreciate checking me as always myself checking myself but yeah, because that's it too. It's like we can get all. Uh... <laughs> I just find this so funny now because it is the same thing. It's like, yeah, you could say maybe there's. It's like maybe you could say there's more depth, but there also isn't. It's also the same recognition or avoidance of being alone. Our avoidance of the fact that it's always just been you. Always. And whether you settle want to settle upon seeing other people and a fictitious sky daddy sitting up there watching over every little thing that you do or you settle upon other people settle upon the perception of others settle upon the idea of you it's like it's all the same within the same spectrum of settling and there's a difference between being on that spectrum and not and it's not saying that Again, nothing wrong with it, but how deep are you willing to go? How much are you willing to let go of? How far down the rabbit hole do you really want to go? Because 
everyone settles to a point. And it's like how often you settle and how how willingly you set how long you sit on the settling versus how lightly you fluctuate between it, how willingly you go back to not settling. That's almost, I feel like what it comes down to is like the willingness to go back to settling. Like it's not, it's not that you're desiring to settle so much anymore, but because you're not settling so often, you, you willingly settle, but you're not, you're not clinging to it. I love how you wrap that up with settling because that really is the problem. It's what we were saying earlier, you know, that the sin is the sinner, right? It's the settling on it that, that gets us stuck. Like even the idea that it's just you, not quite true. Right. And that's it. You can't settle on one or the other. It's the practice, which is what we're talking about here. That shut the fuck up also includes not telling yourself that you're everything. It's about being what remains when you're not telling yourself anything. And in that, there is a depth. And that depth is faith as it's being communicated, not faith in God, but the the willingness to let go to what you already are, rather than trying to navigate and, and narrate every single thing and think your way ahead and do all that to recognize that you are not separate from the rest of the process that's happening. So to not settle. And that's the path to God, quote unquote. And I find it really funny because that's the change. That's the shift that we're talking about in dualistic unity or in this this overarching conversation about society or, or our species as a whole it's the not settling it's the act of faith over and over and over again again except collectively individually still because we're an individual collective but that's what it is that's the change in flow that's what this is and it's funny because you and i were talking about this yesterday no friday in our business meeting, which is always kind of funny, um, about dualistic unity and the reason that it's doing so well. Because I want to let everybody who's listening to this know right now, dualistic unity is doing really well. Like we are at about the year and a half point now, and our traffic is breaking records almost every week. It's really exciting. And it's because, not just because of the conversation, because I just started today's episode by telling everyone to shut the fuck up so it's really not about the conversation but the intention behind it and the possibility of what might come through this intention not just in andrew and, and my life in your life through your intention to just be free your intention to get out of your way your intention to not settle to practice faith to realize what you are well, that intention, as it becomes important to you and you start to grow it in your life, you start to recognize it's important to all of us and you want it to grow in the world. And so dualistic unity is not just about the conversation, but it's also about whatever the hell this attempt to grow something might be, right? Not even attempt this growing thing, whatever it might be. You almost start to want to cultivate it. You almost want to start to support it because you can see how much of a ripple it's going to make. So it's not even about the insights necessarily. 
so much as just helping it grow. Because you can see how growing it in your own life is obviously benefiting you. And so it can only do the same when we grow it in our lives around us as well. And that's why we appreciate everybody who supports Dualistic Unity so very much. Watching it, listening to it, subscribing on YouTube, following us here on, on Twitch, sharing us on social media. There's been quite a few videos lately. I've been pretty stoked. We shared a few of them on our story on Instagram of people taking our voices and doing weird trippy shit with it and putting music in the background and some visuals and stuff. I love that. I just want to say thanks so much because it's fun for me to see that at least the messages are getting out there. They're being repackaged in a way that you like, that means something to you. And then you're just spreading the ripple, right? That's all, that's all this needs is just more in terms of time and attention. It's like anything else, right? In the same way that I've changed my own life, we can change everything just by not telling ourselves that we can't, just by not telling ourselves anything and just putting the attention in where it's a priority to us based on the growth that we are actually experiencing. And so if you're experiencing that growth and you want to help dualistic unity, just pay attention to it. Just expand it in your own life. That's all you need to do. And it will grow and people will come as we are already seeing, you know, it's like a field of dreams. Have you ever seen that movie, Andrew? If you build it, they will come. That kind of thing. We don't have any intention. We don't have any goal with dualistic unity we just keep putting time and attention into it see what happens right but you being here makes all the difference and if you can and you'd like to join us on discord because there's a whole conversation that's happening there and it's totally free you can get involved you can talk to people you can ask questions there's a whole bunch of different uh, channels with different subjects from mycology to nature to uh parenting to everything else it's it's a great server in my opinion and we'd love some feedback as to how we can improve it moving forward and if you can join us on patreon i mentioned this earlier i understand this sounds like a sales pitch it kind of is to some degree except i don't really give a fuck if you join if you do join you benefit more than anything else and everybody else who's in the patreon groups benefits from you being a part of this with us do keep that in mind. It's $5 or $25 a month. There's merch at the $25 level. If you'd like to do uh, tier three, which is $100 a month, we are very grateful. We have several tier three uh, supporters who are doing it more or less just because they want to see Dualistic Unity grow. Um, they also get a shout out at the end of all their video clips at the end of this, for example, uh, not in the live stream, but at the end of Raw when it's published, you'll see a shout out to all of our tier three supporters in the credit roll at the end. You would also get a shout out there. There's some great merch. You get massive discounts on our retreats and our workshops and, and all of that stuff. But more importantly, you're helping us get to a point where we can do ridiculous shit, like ridiculous shit. We've talked about it before, putting a billboard up in Times Square saying like, we are one, you are God, I'm you over and over and over again for months, just for the sake of doing it. No dualistic unity on it, nothing. Nothing except the words just repeating over and over and over again, like a hammer to our collective ego's head. Tell me that wouldn't be fun. But to do that, unfortunately, we need resources. And so until we can get the traffic high enough where we can take advantage of corporate greed, 
we are very much relying on the support and the generosity of all of our listeners. And so if that's something you can do, we appreciate it. If it's not, no worries. Just listening to the podcast does so much for us. And of course, all the growth that you're going through is more than we need. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun process of, of going through it and seeing the people being free in themselves, really seeing myself being free in myself <laughs> through, through other iterations of myself and through myself. Like this is really as much as people enjoy the Patreon groups and get a lot out of it. Like Ray and I get a lot out of it. Like we're growing and changing and shifting and learning every single fucking week from everyone talking about different things that they're going through and being able to express our own gripes or shit that we're going through too. I'm definitely going to talk about my uh, edible experience yesterday um, on the Patreon group in, in a little bit. Uh, what do we got? Like uh, 18 minutes here and then hop it on there for a few hours. Um, but yeah, they're always, they're always a blast and it's really just, being free in ourselves, letting go more and more as much as we talk about like how deep down the rabbit hole can you go? Like this is our process of going deep down the rabbit hole. We just happen to be on camera with a microphone in front of us recording it. But as much as you are letting go, so are we every single day, every single week going through our own shit, going through our own stuff, letting go more and more as we go learning as we go and it's it's a fun process and it's pretty much just all of dualist unity is is us documenting our own willingness to go down that rabbit hole how free can we be how much how little narrative can we tell ourselves how how little can we tell ourselves along the way and that's that's a lot of what it's come down to for me is just not telling myself so much of a story <laughs> as I go, like not needing to tell myself so much of a story because you don't have to, which is very counterintuitive understanding. Like it, it's what our society hasn't quite recognized is that you don't have to tell yourself a story as you go. You don't have to narrate the journey. It's already happening. You're already doing it. And the more you can let go of that, the, the more free you can become in yourself. And, uh, and that's all it comes down to is just expressions of freedom that we're all going through all the time. But it's not something you can, you can prove. It's just something you got to be. Like you can't prove your freedom. It's just you are it. And that's that's the reward in and of itself. It's not something you can measure. It's not something you can point to. It's just something you can experience and feel in yourself. And that's it. That's all we're, uh, we're getting to. That's all that I'm getting to, but yeah, I don't know. that's, that's all I got. Fair enough. No, that's good. That's, uh, we have a question in line with what we're talking about and it's good. So I wanted to ask it quickly. On the topic of being alone, I've been watching you guys for a few months now, listening to Dualistic Unity podcast. As I get deeper within myself, I am experiencing everything as me. Awesome. Gradually, I've noticed that I'm becoming less and less interested in connecting with others. So just curious if you along your journey have gone through something similar. Now, this is a good question. And it's a good question because there's, there's a lot of considerations here. 
the first thing I'd like to say is fantastic. That's great. You're starting to see everything as you. But as a result of that, you are also becoming more authentic, that you are you are becoming um, more vulnerable, more honest with people that you talk to. And it's not that you're going to have less and less interest in connecting with others, but you're going to have less and less interest in connecting with others who aren't connecting with you. Because you're all in for the conversation. If you and I were to have a conversation, I guarantee you'd have a great deal of interest in just talking because I'd have a great deal of interest in talking because I'm not trying to get anywhere. Same with Andrew, right? So it really comes down to the conversations, but you will become less and less interested in egotistical conversations. You just will. And that's part of the process. And I want to say it doesn't stay that way. It does not stay that way. That is a part of the growing process is just the recognition of, I don't really like that conversation. I'm not really connecting with these people. It seems like I'm spinning my wheels for nothing where I could be self-reflecting and being a bit more free or, or maybe connecting with somebody who does want to talk. Like your, your sensitivities and your preferences or your priorities are going to change as well as, as you know, the awareness of where, where a conversation is going or where it's not. That's all going to change. But at some point, here's the nice thing about it. You get, to, you get so used to looking at everybody as you that you also recognize that their egotistical conversations are also you. That them lost in all their shit is just another aspect of you. And that you are really quite vast, in which case you don't really feel like avoiding them as much. Because what else you got to do? You're eternal. Right. But that's part of the process. Don't rush that. Don't be thinking like, well, I should be able to listen to everybody. I'm telling you right now, some people just want to use you to validate themselves. They just want to use you to continue on the drama of their lives, to continue on the self-narration. You don't need to be there for that shit. You really don't. And you don't need to feel bad because you're not. And you don't think, need to think that you should be doing that. Again, get rid of the saint. Whatever the saint is in your head, take that shit, throw it right in the fucking garbage. It's not a saint. Okay, just be you to the best of your ability. When, you can, when people are, are willing to connect with you, when they're open, when they're vulnerable, when they're authentic and actually in the fucking moment with you to any degree whatsoever, you're going to connect. You will. You'll automatically feel that bridge. You'll go, sweet. But just let it happen. It's, it's going to be a weird kind of process at first, but you'll notice that as you distance yourself from your ego, you're going to distance yourself from everybody who is egotistical for a little while. You know, it's the same reason I tell people until you get to a point where assholes can't sway you or tear you down, avoid them. Right? This is kind of the same thing. You're avoiding people who are egotistical because they're still going to draw you into it. Or rather that temptation's still there. And so you're like, ah, I don't want to go there. That's eventually that, that risk or that fear of getting sucked back in is going to disappear. And you're going to go, eh, I have eternity. Why not? Right. And it's going to be a different argument, or at least that's my perspective. Andrew. Yeah. The, uh, I like that the saints didn't think of themselves as saints. <laughs> so if you're thinking about yourself as a saint, you're not being a saint, you're being your idea of a saint and pretty caught up in your idea of yourself. But I think, uh, yeah, there, there's sort of a natural process that happens with this. Like, I've definitely gone through that. Like, 
especially doing like with social media and having decent sized followings on platforms and whatnot, like DMs were always a thing. I don't know why I'm going to this example, but I am. But DMs were always something that uh that I got super overwhelmed by and I just like kind of avoid for the most part, honestly. Um, but yesterday I went through and just cut out a couple hours in the morning and just like responded to a bunch, like a bunch that were in there that either I hadn't, there were message requests or people that I had responded to in the past or whatever. Like I just went through it a ton. And I, it finally kind of hit me like the, the enjoyment in it. Not to say that it was like, boosting my ego by any means but it was just in connecting with other iterations of myself like even just someone would some a lot of them are just like appreciate everything you're doing but sometimes they would just have like oh i'm going through this little thing and it was it wasn't even a super long one um and i would just say like you know two or three sentences back and they're like oh wow this helped a lot it's like oh cool we actually talk about this every pretty much every single day on yeah do a little cutie instead of the podcast and whatnot but um it's uh you get to a point i think where initially or before you get to that point initially as much as you may recognize it there's still a lot veiling you from the depth of the recognition and i think there's sort of a natural process again as i said never getting caught up in the should or the idea that you should be doing something that you're not but there's a natural process as you work through your own stuff which which is worked through on your own even if it seems like someone's helping you even if you're going to therapy you're working through that stuff on your own by yourself it is you working through it no one else is working through it for you or doing it for you so there's a process as you work through those things that you're like okay i'm not working through so much shit anymore it's like all right you start looking around, you're like, there's other things I can do here. Oh, okay. And then it's just like a natural process of interacting with people that you no longer see as other. Like you're interacting with yourself always. You're always interacting with yourself. But in order to see that in other people, I think that's sort of a depth that is only really able to be recognized when you let go of everything holding you back from seeing yourself as reality. As you let go more and more of the story of you, naturally, it's kind of like as that drops, like you start looking around a little bit more, like as you're dropping it, it's like you're, you're still pretty confined to your idea of yourself. And as that starts to get lighter and lighter and lighter, you start to see the world that you're surrounded with like, Oh, this could be, this could be cool. But also as Ray was pointing to when people are super caught up in themselves, it's like, I don't have to do that. I don't have to interact with, with that person right now. Cause you don't, you don't owe anyone shit. You don't know anyone. You don't owe anyone anything ever, but through being lighter in yourself, you don't feel as much of the weight of even the egotistical people. You're willing to like jump in there a little bit. You're like, 
here's something maybe to think about. And because you're not coming at it from, I need to prove this, I need to fix this person, I need to help this person. It's just, you're seeing an iter iteration of yourself that's a little bit distorted and you can drop a seed here and there. But uh, yeah, I think I think there's a sort of natural process that you don't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about the process happening because it's happening. And through being more free in yourself, it's like, why not interact with other iterations of yourself? Why not? I'm always doing something. Might as well do that. And then you do that for a while and you're like, all right, I'm going to do something else now. Then you go do something else. But it's never because you have to, never because you should. It's because you can. And when you don't have, when you aren't feeling so heavy in yourself, it's like, yeah, why not? Yeah, I am doing. What else am I going to do? I am doing. Literally. Um, we had a couple of good questions here. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. We have about five minutes left. Uh, the first was, Andrew, do you find that it's easier to deal with boredom if you have a hobby? I just wanted to mention, I think it was in the last Raw episode that we recorded where we talked about boredom a little bit. So I do recommend that you go and check that out. I think that was Raw episode 30. Um, we had somebody in here, R1 Tony, who's like, hey, what the fuck is this? Uh, come pray, pray for a better stream. Well, God has answered your prayer. So obviously he's marketing um, a Sunday sermon stream, which is kind of funny considering where you ended up, Tony. I have no idea how you ended up here. And then, um, okay, question. I've noticed as well that my reasons or motivations for connecting with people change over time. I have an idea that I should commit to a partner, but feel confused by this change in, motiva in motivation regarding connecting with other people. Thoughts on this? I have a lot of thoughts on this. Unfortunately, we don't have time for that today. So I do want to recommend that you check out, uh, we have two workshops that we just did in the last month. One was on authentic coaching and relationship building. And the other one is actually on dating and relationships. So more from the personal side, um, four hours in each workshop where we cover all of this stuff in depth in terms of relationships, whether or not you should be committing to one, what it means if you do versus you don't open relationships versus just dating versus not dating at all. Like all of it has different considerations. So if you're interested in the long version of that discussion, check out our workshop. You can find them at dualisticunity.com in the store section, um, or you can join us for a group chat on Discord, or, or not on Discord, on Patreon in about 20-ish minutes. Uh, we'll be there for an hour and a half for tier two, and then another two hours for tier three after that. So lots of opportunity to discuss and answer questions and do all of that fun stuff. So if you can join us, we'd love to see you. Otherwise, We'll be back. I do want to give a shout out to R1 Tony, who was talking about, you know, his prayer hotline. Tony, if you're still around, which I doubt you are, but if you are, do come back on Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern time, because we have a call-in show this week, and I would love to chat with you. Likewise, yeah, we are uh, nothing if not available. And so, yeah, if you got gripes with what we're saying, you want to prove that you're a limited idea of yourself and you know god is some separate entity from you as opposed to you know the depth that that recognition of letting go of the idea of yourself comes to inevitably we're happy to chat we love chatting about this stuff we do it all the fucking time and if you got something to say you can say it hop on you know <laughs> say your piece join us <laughs> Uh, but yeah, most, most don't, and that's fine. But, um, if you actually have a lot of, uh, gripes or, you know, I don't know, bravado behind that whole 
spiel that you just went on, join us. Say it to our face. Uh, so anyway, this has been a uh, very fun chat. I'm, I'm excited for I, I don't know if you can hear. I'm a little nasally. I'm a little uh, a little under the weather right now, but still feeling good. Just the body's doing its thing and I'm uh, not thinking about it. But um, yeah, I'm excited for Patreon coming up. Those are always a blast. Probably going to hit my uh, little weed pen a little bit and just have a uh, have a great time for the next yeah ray's got his joint ready i still gotta fucking learn how to roll a joint i may wait for the retreat to uh well, i may try it out because i do have some rolling papers and some weed um here we'll see but uh yeah it's been a lot of fun excited for the uh patreon chats coming up <laughs> fuck yeah and yeah no worries i will i will teach you at the retreat for sure because you know there's there's a trick to making them perfect and and not that you need to make them perfect but fat joints don't generally smoke very well so i'll teach you at the retreat as always uh last note of course that we have one ticket left for the retreat in april we would love to see you if you can make it it's going to be just fucking magical um of course all the details are on the website so you can go and find that out for the uh the spring retreat as well as the fall retreat in november is now available to patreon tier one supporters the tickets uh you'll find the link on patreon as well as your discount uh tier one gets a 50 dollars discount on the ticket tier two gets 150 dollars discount on the ticket and tier three i think it's 350 dollars or 300 dollars uh, discount on the tickets a hell of a discount is what i'm saying so it's well worth the time if you can make it the retreat's going to be in the netherlands in november uh we might possibly be having a small shorter mini retreat uh in colorado in june but we will keep everybody up to date on that of course patreon supporters are going to find out about that first obviously Thank you so much for joining us today. I do appreciate your patience, especially given the mood that I was in when I started this episode. Um, I appreciate you understanding that when I say, shut the fuck up, I mean that from a place of love because I am talking to myself and I know how much that simple strategy of not giving myself the room to pity myself, to feel bad for myself, really did change my life but it was hard. It was hard at first because we want to feel sorry for ourselves and we have so many reasons that are justifiable. Like that's the thing. It's not that your reasons aren't justifiable. You have a lot of really good reasons for feeling shitty about life. But what's more important to you? Your reasons or making the most of your life? Because it really is a choice. And on that note, we're going to end this here. If you can join us, join us on Patreon. We'll be there in 15 minutes. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll see you then. Bye, everyone.